0: Our guest for today's episode is Tevanj Gandhi. He is studying interaction design at the University of Washington and has previously interned at Unacademy and Facebook. I am Mayankh Khandelwal and you are listening to Whiteboard.fm. Devansh, what's up? Hey, how's it going? Good, man. So Devansh, I'll start off with a question. Uh, how did you get started into design?
1: Sure, yeah. Um, so I guess I'll start with an intro, um, if that's okay. So I um, I currently go to the UW um, in Seattle, which is the University of Washington in Seattle. And um, I'm studying interaction design. Uh, last summer, I was at Facebook. I was a product design intern on the Messenger team. And uh, prior to that, I was at Unacademy. In Bangalore, India. Uh, outside of design, I'm really interested in comedy, particularly political satire, um, and uh, so that's one of my interests, I guess. Outside of design, I really enjoy playing ping pong, and um, yeah, I could I could talk uh, I, I could talk a little bit about like how I really got started. Um, so back when I was in high school, still in ninth grade, I I was really interested in like. YouTube was still like a very, this thing that kind of, that was kind of booming at the time. And so I started a YouTube channel where I would make like tech based um, how to tutorials and stuff like that. And I would do like product reviews and um, for products that companies would send me uh, every once in a while. So, um, it's, so when I was doing the YouTube thing, um, as it started to kind of gain success over time, like when, well, when I say success, think of it from like a ninth graders perspective of success. So it's like a few thousand subscribers. Yeah. Um, so when that would kind of gain success over time, um, I wanted to kind of pursue this thing full time. But back in the day, I didn't really know like how to go about it. Cause I would, in my head, I was thinking like I would kind of reach the saturation point where I would just not know what videos I should make. But um, as I was, because as I was thinking about that, something still kind of kept me really like glued to that um, process of making videos, and so I realized, like, at like I sure I did enjoy making the videos, but what, at the core, what I really enjoyed was kind of like the process that went into making that. Um, so I, so in that regard, I realized um, what I really was intrinsically motivated about was putting stuff out there. So through that process of making videos, um, cause you know, like you're doing this podcast, you're gonna have like a banner, you're gonna have like a thumbnail and stuff like that. So part of that process would involve like Photoshop, Illustrator and stuff like that. So through that, like I got, like without even knowing the, this big world of design, I kind of had stepped into it. Like I'd gotten my foot in the door, but I hadn't really put those skills to use um, outside of like this YouTube kind of scene. So until, like, I remember, like, one of my friends in high school was like, hey, like, you know, Photoshop, right? I'm like, yeah. He's like, do you want to help me with, like, a quizzing app? So, um, and I was like, I have only used Photoshop for, like, thumbnails and stuff like that, but I would, I would love to do that. So I think that was kind of when I made that, you know, transition from, going from, to transition from going from someone that was, like, a traditional, I guess, graphic designer to someone that kind of understood what the human-centered design process was all about um you know like understanding what it meant to design for like a specific okay like I personally hate the words like user and problem stuff like that because like I feel like designers do way more than that. But I think that's when I made that transition. I remember like Medium was blowing up with like UX articles and like I started to reach read as much as I could and just like really try to like immerse myself. Um and so that's kind of how I got started. And then to kind of capitalize on that I started going to hackathons. I think that um, is something that's been, I think a lot of designers can probably relate to that too. Like that's been a part of their journey. So um, hackathons, I think like, I think it puts a good constraint to what principles you've learned about design and kind of like, the skills you have so it's not necessarily something that should hinder you from like um, you know not going to those. Um, I know like a lot of people are kind of against this idea of like um, the grind culture like the hustle culture as they call it Um, but I think hackathons in particular um, putting that like 24 hour like 48 hour like constraint to your process kind of also helps you learn how to how to work in a team like how to get something out there like really like really working from scratch and like kind of creating something from the ground up. So I think that is something that really helped me. And um, I guess going off of just hackathons, I feel like a lot of people also have this misconception that hackathon projects just die at the hackathon. Like I've had projects that I have worked on even after you know the night of the hackathon and I've gone pitched it to other events and stuff like that. So you don't know until like you really immerse yourself like what you're working on and like that might just end up on your portfolio. So um, I think that like going for hackathons is something, something that really helped me kind of also learn um, how, to, how to work with like people that are non-designers too. Like in the real world, you're gonna work with en- like engineers, like there's gonna be a lot of stakeholders. So I think that's a, that's a great starting point to you know, really kickstart um, if, really, if you really wanna like get started with um, product design or like UI, UX stuff, yeah.
0: That's great stuff, man. So, what was yeah. your first project like? What it was, and how did you go about it?
1: Yeah, so I guess my first real job, like per se, um, was at an academy, which was which was summer of freshman year. Um, so that kind of has an interesting story to it. I don't know if you uh, if you heard about that from up but. So when I was, so when I was still a freshman in college, um, that's, that's the, that when I was a first year in college, um, I was looking for internships and um, I was really, I was, I mean, this is something I was always interested in, but at the time I really wanted to work for like an ed tech startup or like an ed tech company. Cause um, I was kind of motivated by this idea of like giving back. Cause I mean, I know, like, I, I know I talked about like how I, got started with like YouTube and stuff, but really at the core, what I was doing was also like, if you look it up, like, okay, it's not there, like I took it down, but um, if you look my stuff up, uh, the how-to tutorials that i worked on were mostly like, hey, like, how do you do this on Photoshop? How do, you, how do you solve this on like an iOS device? Like stuff like that. So I was always kind of interested in that ec- ed- tech space of things. Um, so I, um, I knew about Unacademy. I knew there's a lot of learners, especially like the Indian market there. Um, I'd always I'd I'd used it myself briefly when I was still in high school. Um, and I'd use stuff like t- Team treehouse, I'd stuff you I'd, I'd use stuff like Khan Academy, stuff like that. So I was always interested in that. Um and so this one, this one day I'm like, okay, I guess this also kind of has to do about like how I approach like applying for jobs. Like I didn't necessarily go to like a portal, apply for jobs back then, and I kind of wanted to take this route where you know I I'd, I'd maybe cold email people, like tweet to them. So um, I remember this one day, I'm like, okay, let's try to look up who like, well, I knew who was the founder of Fun Academy. So I, cause I would fall, cause he's like really active on Twitter and he's like super transparent with like what goes on there. Like he talks about the numbers and like, uh, even like profits they're making. Like, I think it, I, I was like really, I thought that was really cool. So um, this one day I'm like, okay, let's tweet. So Gaurav, right, founder of Fun Academy. I'm like okay. I sh- maybe I'll tweet to him. I'll be like, hey, if there's like any positions for people to, or like designers to work at an academy, which is not necessarily like a full-time thing, but like an internship, I would um, I would love to know more about that. And I'm like, he's like he's like this popular guy on Twitter. Like I'm not expecting a response from him. So I'm like, but you know what? Like I'll shoot or shoot. Like I'll shoot my shot. <laughs> so, right. So I'm like um. So I just um, I literally just what I said, like that's that's what I wrote. I'm like, hey, this is devonch I go to I'm I study interaction design at the University of Washington in Seattle. And um I wanna I wanna I wanna know if there's like opportunities for uh, product design interns at An Academy at the Red guard of Munja, shoot, fired it up, sent it off. And I'm like, Okay, if look we'll see. Like I'm not really expecting anything out of this, but we'll see. So I, I did that on my computer. I close the screen and i'm just going about my day as usual and then so my watch like buzzed and i'm like so he responded to that tweet and it was so fast like it was i closed the screen and it's like garamunjal like replied responded to your tweet i'm like oh i'm like damn that's real like i gotta fire my computer up again and like respond to that because i wasn't really expecting it right so he's like oh yeah um he so he was like straight up about it like I there's some tweets that had so much information about this whole exchange that I had to take down eventually but I can like talk about it right now so he's like yeah um so why like he just he just goes like why are you interested in an academy like why why an academy so I explained him the same thing about like my interest of like videos giving back education space stuff like that um, so he's like, okay, um, do you have any works to show? Like, okay, all this is going on at, on like a Twitter public thread. Everyone can read it. So I'm basically being interviewed on a, on a public forum, mm-hmm. essentially. So he's like, hey, do you have any work examples to show? And at the time, my portfolio was basically like a PDF on my website. Like if you would go to, hey, see Devante's work, it would fire up a PDF. And that's not the best way to show your work. But I'm like, yeah, so this is this is some of the work I've done. Here's the link to my resume. And uh I guess he looked at it for a bit because he took like a couple like a few minutes to respond. So I'm like, okay, I guess he's looking at my stuff. And uh and then he goes, uh so so okay, he I think look, I don't know, like God of if you're listening to this, like don't like don't come at me, but I thought like he he I think I think initially he thought I was kind of not serious about this like he thought I was just like kind of bombarding all the tech CEOs and stuff like that in India. So he's like, Hey, so how many CEOs have you tweeted at? I'm like, not like, and I was honest about it. Like none of like, he was the first person I tweeted because I was super interested in that. And I'm like, none, no one, like you're the first person. So he's like, okay, cool. Next thing he says, he's like, okay, how, like, what's the stipend you're expecting? (laughs) And I'm like, wait, how did like, I basically went from not having, not even knowing what the heck I'm doing to to telling him the money I'm expecting to work at An Academy. And, and he was so fast with his response, like with his responses that I didn't even know like how to, like, what, how do you even negotiate? Like, what do you say? So I'm talking to all my designer friends. I'm like, yo, dude, like, what should I expect? And like, should I load? Like, what, what goes on? So I give him like, I... I give him like a really weird answer. I'm like, look, I really care about the work, not as much about what you pay me for that. And then he says, okay, let's start at redacted. Like he proposes like a, like a figure there. And in my head, I'm like, what is going on? Like literally like, I'm look, I'm not popular on Twitter or anything like that, but people can literally see this and he is popular. Like stuff that he responds to is going to show up on their feed. So people basically know what's going on. They know what, the amount of money I'm making, but you know what? Like at that point, I'll just take it. So I'm like, okay, yeah, that sounds good. And then next thing you know, he's like, okay, wait for an email for from the HR um, at An Academy, and we'll take it from there. And I'm like, all right. Like I basically landed an internship in this within the span of like less than 20 minutes on like a Twitter thread. So that's, that's kind of like the story for my first job, but uh, that, that's how I got there. Yeah. Um, uh, and then it was like this traditional like internship. I was there for about like 10 weeks. My, my mentor um, at Unacademy was Abhinav, who's also co-host for, for this podcast, I believe. Um, and uh, I, I worked on like, I, I worked on two projects for those 10 weeks. And uh, I was mostly responsible for uh, visual design stuff and um, prototyping for the most part, cause it was like a product design internship. Um, I spent, um, yeah, like I think I've said this like three times, but yeah, I spent like 10 weeks in Bangalore. It was my first time like living there, working there. So yeah, that's, uh, that's kind of how I got around my first like real job or internship. Um, and then the summer after, I was at Facebook, which was this past summer. So yeah, that's that's kind of what it's been.
0: That's really great, man. Your stories. That's yeah. That's something that's quite unexpected, and that yeah, it's just spontaneity that goes on, and it yeah. all goes out. it's all for the better.
1: So yeah. so I I guess the uh, only takeaway I would have for people from that is to shoot your shot, like regardless of what the context is, like shoot. go for it, go yeah. for it,
0: yeah yeah so can you uh, tell us more about your project at right, unacademy like uh, what it like it, what it was and how did you go about it
1: sure yeah, yeah. so um, so the first so the first project that i worked on at unacademy was about um, the polls um, or as they call it, like the multiple choice questions sure. on the feed um, so i remember when i joined unacademy they so you know how like unacademy has like an educator app and a learner app cool yeah So um, this, like this was the, this was the core project that I worked on at at Unacademy. And uh, so, like I said, they had, um, well, they have um, a educator app and then a learner app, and both of those share like a common newsfeed or feed, much like Facebook's newsfeed. So think of it like just something that's between the learners and the educators to be able to like share content and post questions and stuff like that. So, that was kind of my setup there but st- so when I joined an academy this so you can see like this was kind of the educator profile you can see we saw we were seeing like this trend of to so because it's like a learner and educator relationship it kind of to, to really foster that they learn um, educators would regularly post like these questions to keep like learners engaged So, like, you can see kind of this example on my portfolio here. Um, Gar, like, I just took this as an example for the sake of this piece. But um, you can see he's been posting a question and there's, like, people that are responding to that. Um, So so while the educators were doing this, this was something that kind of attracted, like, a lot of traction. Like, people would really engage with questions they would post. And especially for, like, the Indian curriculum, like, you know, how... A lot of the entrance exams have like multiple choice questions as they abbreviate for like MCQs. Um, so this was something that uh, educators would like l- really leverage to their like advantage because like to keep learners engaged. However, there was no like there was no way for I guess this goes both ways. Like say you post a question, you're like, hey, who is the prime minister of India? And you you have like four options. Like you just It was purely like a text-based post, like there was no way to sort of have like polls or like cards and stuff like that. Um, And then learners would just comment on the post, be like, hey, this is my answer. So they would be able to interact with it, but not to the extent where they would know, hey, did I get this right? Or like, hey, did I, if I did get it right, like how, how how did that compare against like other people who answered the same question? Or like, if I got it wrong, what's the right answer? Um, and the only way for them to like know what the right answer was and to wait for the educator to kind of post it on the comments and be like hey this is the answer so they would have to kind of go back to that so it was it was something that had a lot of people using it but we hadn't I guess we we didn't really kind of get around leveraging what is more that we can do to make it better so that's kind of like the context for my um for my uh, project at An Academy, and so before we kind of dived into like what we wanted to be, we kind of stepped back and kind of decided some of the goals that we wanted to accomplish with uh, with what we're trying to go for. So, like, I can I guess I can read these. So, um, some of the some of the things that we wanted to focus on were some of the things that we wanted to focus on were creating interactive polls. Um, educators to be able to create a series of multiple questions and uh, the learners to be able to get immediate feedback if it was right or wrong. Um, also, have like this tally of like right correctness score in the real time and how, for learners to know how they performed against other students, like I said before. So, given all of those, we kind of had this how might we statement where it was like, um, where so I can read it out it goes, how might we make this question answer experience more fluid and reduce friction in that process. So that was kind of the thing that we would um, try to map back to when uh, we started working on it. So I was responsible for kind of like the visual side of things, and um, I started off with like an initial analysis and conversations with the design teams and kind of sketched out um, some of the lo-fi um, wireframes for that, so those are like here. And then there was like a lot of back and forth between me, Abhinav, and like who who's also on the team, predominantly like me working with um, them before like kind of going to the Ench team uh, and then once i kind of had the green light from uh i guess senior designers there we started working on um the high fidelity mockups on figma um, i guess i could pull that up too so that so kind of going into like different kinds of flows so right here is kind of like the creation flow from um from the educator side the answering flow from the learner side so how they answer the questions and Kind of like how they get the feedback. Um, This just says ignore flow so I guess we'll ignore that. Um, Kind of going into what the animation would be like so also this was I believe this was the first time I was really working with like micro interactions Um, and then really kind of going into the uh, nitty-gritty of like hey like what are the elements that go in there because I believe this was also the first time I was really working with like a design system in place like I did have the freedom to like think of like, hey, how this should look, but at the end of the day, it kind of has to look like what's in place already. So that was also like super interesting. So those were kind of like the flows, some some of them have like annotations, edge cases, stuff like that. Then we did like error states here. So uh, these are like different error states that people could run into. So that was kind of like, the high fidelity stuff. And then finally, my most exciting part of the project was making the Unacademy dribble shot. So those were like explorations, really trying to get the color right. And I think that that's the one that made the cut. Um, and then initially we had, I guess I should have gone gone over this before, but we did like some of the research as to like how um, other companies are, or other question answer experiences are like. So I don't know if you know like Word Coach um, by Google is like this, Thing where you could just search for Word Coach, and it kind of has this quiz element to it. So we like to draw, drew some inspiration from that. Um, so that was kind of like just like secondary research at the beginning. Um, let me share the other screen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I basically have those same screenshots from my Figma file um, on my portfolio too, because I think think that's a great way to kind of show process, show that, you know, like I did a bunch of explorations and I did like a lot of flows and not necessarily like, you know, this, like not every iteration is going to make the cut, but at the same time, it's like important to show like you, you know, like you didn't have this just one idea and like now you're pursuing it. So I think it's, it's a good way to show like, Hey, this is all the work I did, but at this but then this is what made the cut. Cause I think that was, that is what mapped back to like our, um, how might we statement statement in the beginning. So I have those screenshots there and I kind of dive into like um, high fidelity stuff right after. So I I really have this like zoomed in like um, hi-fi mock-up of what the core experience is. So uh, I think another thing here is like, like so you saw in the Figma file, there's a lot of screens there but you don't necessarily have to I guess put all of them like I really focused on what the core experience here was um so I think the first state here is the 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 screen you land on as soon as you select that you want to make a question and then what it's like to add options to it and then add more questions to like the same carousel series so that's what I have here and then once I show that I kind of show what the process looks like in its entirety so that's kind of like the flow Um, and then I have the learner side again I do the same kind of took the same approach of like showing what the core experience was kind of really zoomed in on the nit grid uh, -grid of things and then going into like what the entire flow is so that was um, that was that flow like you select an answer traditional colors for like red for wrong and then green for correct Um, so showing that flow there and what it looks like if you got it wrong what it looks like if you got it right Um, That was kind of like the gif for what the micro interaction was like. I I believe that was also my dribble shot. So I kind of wanted to kind of wanted to show on what I worked on uh, in terms of like uh, prototyping. So that's how it looks. Um, So I just put that there as a prototype. And finally, I talk about what the impact was um for when the project got shipped out um so this was something that i only was able to update when it was really rolled out but i think this um having numbers on your like like especially if it's like an internship and it's something that you rolled out like having numbers to support that really kind of like solidifies your approach to like your process and kind of shows like hey like you did this thing but what did it really do out in the real world so um i think this is something uh, that has helped me during my interviews as well so i kind of just explicitly have all these numbers that um uh, i i was able to get from like the team when this was rolled out this was like um this so this was the first iteration of when we were rolling it out i was so this so the um the feature was actually i guess was still in testing while i was there but it was only rolled out when i like i was I had already finished my internship, but I had a photo, of, I think this was the last week or something like when we were really close to rolling it out, but it was also like my last week. So I was like, okay, I gotta take a photo of like, this is real. Like this was, this was, the, this was when the Ench team had already worked on it. Sure, because you can see it kind of looks different from what the visuals were on like Figma, but I was still excited to see like, yo, this thing, this thing is real and like I could interact with it, like make a question. So that's just a photo of me uh, on the day before like the official launch. Uh, that's me with the team, uh, Abhinav, uh, Nilan, me, Prithvi, Sneha. So I'm guessing, you know, some of these people. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like kind of really just taking it back, talking about things I learned, what my experience was like and uh, what it was like to work on that project, yeah.
0: That's great, man. Good stuff. Yeah. So can you share, uh, also tell us more about your hackathon experience, like how, what your projects were and how has it been uh, participating in hackathons and what are your learnings from them?
1: Okay, so this is a project that I worked on, I believe, in 2017 summer. Um, This was Spectacle. I worked on it at um, Angel Hack in uh, New Delhi. And this this ended up winning the grand prize at the hackathon. And my role in the team was, again, like predominantly the, uh, the user interface, all of the flows, kind of like animations and visuals and stuff like that. So I guess I can talk about what. So um, also the team, it was three people, me, my friend Abhishek, and my friend Rohan. And this went on like a traditional hackathon for like 24 hours just um, like overnight. So um, the challenge here was, uh, well, it was pretty open-ended in in the sense that we, it was up to us like what we wanted to work on. So um, the, we had, um, we decided to work on like well, initially we started talking about like learning disabilities, but I thought um, that we thought like that was really, if you think about it, like learning disabilities is like a really broad topic. So we kind of want to like narrow that down and like really focus on like specific target user, I guess. So we focused on learning disabilities or like communication um, as part of what comes with children that have autism. Um, I know there's like a lot of different levels of autism and like there's a lot of complications. So it's not, just focused on that um, like that target group I guess but um, at the core we ended up going with like how children with learning or communication disabilities or like differences um, would be able to interact with their parents or like their loved ones or um, like uh, their family I guess so that's kind of what we were going off of and uh, so I started off so disclaimer full disclosure This is like done in twenty seventeen, so it's the details of this project are like really fuzzy. Um, And there's, if I were to change, there would be a lot that I would. So yeah, I I started off with what what the interaction or I guess experience would be for the child itself. So in this context, we're just assuming like this child has like a caretaker at home or not. Um, I, I guess like they're they do but like at the time they don't but what it's like for them to communicate with them while they're gone or, like how they would um, express their feelings about like what they're feeling if there's something they want or if there's something that they're experiencing so started off with like some sketches and kind of really diving into what so okay this is also again like I think I would have if this were not like a hackathon project I would really have dived into like with a non-binary approach. Um, and when I say that, that means like really exploring what options you have, a lot of iterations that you would do. Without a hackathon, you kind of have this like time crunch and like this constraint where you just, like for this one, I was like, hey, this is what I want to do. This is what it looks like on paper. And then I started like making it on Figma. So I just have like this one iteration. But like you said, um, if I were to like do this over again, like I would probably do like a lot of iterations but i think just for the sake of hackathons it seems like that's okay like that's not a wrong thing to do so i if you see like i really just jumped from like the lo-fi to like really going into the the uh, hi-fi mock-ups for that so i kind of mocked up what it would look like for the child here uh this kind of system asks them how they slept if they would like to contact their parents like their mom or their dad um, and then it kind of really so we as part of like the edge team like I was working with two developers they were like crazy like they like crazy in the good way like they they really knew what they were doing so we also implemented this thing where the system could have like facial recognition stuff so it could really kind of tell if the person was like sad or like angry or like they're just feeling groggy or whatever so it kind of detects like how you're feeling and then based on that it lets you also, kind of uh, express if if you want to talk, if you want to play feelings, um, so you can see it also has this option of like, hey, I want to eat food, so that um, that was kind of like the system that I worked on. So that was that was one side of that. Um, the other side of this was kind of for parents and also for like doctors, because um, if you have like based on kind of like the brief research we did at the hackathon, we we figured one of the problems. One of the bigger problems that doctors face um, when they're kind of treating someone with autism is to understand what the, what really the state of mind of the child has been over time, um, not just when they're kind of like there in the clinic or like the hospital or like even if it's like at a home. So one of the things we focused on for this project was m- how the child has been over time and what the timeline is like. So I worked on this dashboard that was for uh, parents and for their uh, for their like doctors or caretakers for them to be like, hey, this is how the child has been, um, you know, over this week and what that tells about how the treatment works or stuff like that. So this was kind of like the second side of things. This was like a web-based dashboard for um, for uh, for doctors and for parents. So that was the second thing. And finally, kind of really going into uh, what the branding was like, I guess what the design language was like. So just explaining, hey, these are the typefaces I used. These are some of the colors. You'll see I use the same format for pretty much all my um, uh, case studies. And then uh, here's the logo, here's the word mark. These are the ways you can use it. And then finally, again, like I said in the like the last uh, example of, uh, the case study kind of talking about what the outcome was. Um, I just like to wrap up myself with like photos and stuff like that. So that's me with the winning team. Well, I'm the winning team, but like that's me with my partners and, uh, just talking about, Hey, this hackathon won the grand prize at, the, uh, this project won the grand prize at this hackathon. And then we were also invited for this hack accelerator program that angel hack has, um, uh, that they do in the Bay area here, but, um, that, that came on later. So just talking about like, hey, this is what the future is like for this project. Um, and again, like th- then finally wrap it up with like what the demo was. Um, I guess when you share my portfolio, they'll be able to like watch what the actual product demo was. But this was again, one of the projects that didn't necessarily die at the hackathon. Like sure, I did not um, kind of work on it with the same team. But when I got, got to college, um, I was part of this thing called DFA, which is designed for America. And um, I was kind of like leading, um, I was leading a team of like four people that were also super passionate about um, what it's like for children, not necessarily with like communication problems, but like what life is for children with disabilities or like autism. So um, I remember we talked about like, what are some of the challenges they face? And I ended up working on this like backpack thing um, for for kids. Um, that would help them feel like secure and like kind of hugged I guess because it was like a weighted backpack so that was that was a project I worked on completely different from like this one but I guess the idea or like thing really stems from my like motivation to work on this initial project so uh, what I'm trying to say is like no don't think of uh, projects um, especially like hackathon projects that they would just die out at the hackathon like you could always still draw inspiration from that and you don't necessarily need to work on like the exact same thing like I know it's a time crunch it's only 24 hours but if you feel like it, your product isn't what you really wanted it to be but your vision is still like something that you believe in like you could still pursue it and you could still talk to other people that might be you know interested in that and kind of set like a team up and work on it so I I ended up working on the backpack thing um, in college and we presented it at like uh, a design studio called Artifact in Seattle um, and people like really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that that was. That was so th- we, this is the reason I think I'm really big on like hackathons or I was when I was like really starting out because like, I think it gives you like this opportunity to um, build stuff. And at the same time, I think it's a great way to kind of learn how to work with, like I said before, people that are not designers. Like, you'll, you'll run into a lot of stuff that you have no idea or, like, you've never done before. Like, as they call it in the industry or, like, uh, like the developer handoff. Like, when you're handing off your, like, mock, final mocks and stuff like that stuff like that. What goes into that process? It's sure, like, it's different at a hackathon because you're probably with like friends or like people that you work with, but it still kind of like sets you up for sets you up for what's next when you like start working. So I think that really helped working with like developers, like engineers and stuff like that.
0: Yeah. That's great, man. Like the learning curve from hackathon seems like it's a lot in terms of It, not it, it yeah.
1: definitely is. Yeah, definitely is. But I think it's a, it's a great way to start um as i said it puts a it's it definitely has this constraint to it but it's a good constraint like you'll there's a because once you're there you have to build a thing like you're you're not going to go to hackathon and just walk out and be like yo i did not do anything i mean you could i guess if you wanted to but like you wouldn't do that so i think it's a great way to kind of push yourself out of out of your comfort zone too and uh not and like not necessarily going in with like this thing of like hey i want to you know here's what i'm gonna do like hackathons are a great way to learn stuff from other people like when i started going to hackathons i had no idea about like what writing code was like what it meant to design or like i guess develop for like ios or like how it was different from like web dev stuff and i'm not i'm no master right now but i I'm just more aware of what the technical constraints are for developers and like engineers. So when I work in, like when I was at Facebook, and even when I was at an um, academy, I kind of, some of those constraints like still carry on to that stage too, because it's, it's essentially the same people. Like you're working with, like you're working in the same space or domain as you might call it. So it, it's, it's not just that you're going to learn how to work with them, but you're also going to understand what their shortcomings are, what, you know, like what, um, how can you like prevent like edge cases and like stuff like that. So it, I think it's uh, it's a great way. It's a great segue to going from just hackathons to like actually working in the, in the industry or like whatever level you're at could be a startup could be a big tech company. It, you're essentially working with um, the same kind of people. Yeah.
0: Nice. So Devanch, also, can you explain more about your thought process of how you've created your portfolio? Like right now you explain, right? Like every portfolio of yours has images yeah. in the end and it focuses more in the end towards what the impact was. And it yeah. so you're, when you're starting off, you're starting off with the problem statement and with the backstory. So can you explain more on what how you created your portfolio?
1: Yeah, for sure. So um, I guess this is... Um, the, one of the things that I like to do with my portfolio is to really tell your story. Um, this is something I this is something I learned from my recruiter at Facebook actually, because um, like I said before, even when I tweeted Agaro when I was trying to work at an academy, my portfolio was essentially like this one page where it it had this like call to action that said um check out my work and you would expect it to like scroll down and show you my work but what it really did was um clicking that opened like a pdf and like had static images of work i've done so and that part of the reason was because i was so swamped with like a lot of things back then and i was just like lazy to actually you know write a case study Um, but that is something really crucial if you're trying to like really get out there and put your work out you need to you need to have uh, you need to have a portfolio that really tells your story your story and also like what what the story of every project was because uh, everything is going to have like a very different context background so my approach to that was really i guess all of my um all of my um projects here kind of follow that same sort of format i start um what they call i start off with like this hero shot so i'll start off showing what the end like what the final I guess what's like what the final visuals are like I'll show like here here like here's the thing that I worked on um it it doesn't give a lot of context but I think it's it's kind of like what I call the hook like if you look at this hero shot and you're like hey this is something I like like these are cool visual like I'm not saying these are cool but like if they are you could be like hey this is something I want to read you know so you kind of really want to get the get and not just for like a recruiter, like just about anyone, like if you're trying to talk to designers or like developers, like you really want to have, be, have them be like interested in something you worked on. So I like to start off with like a hero shot that kind of shows my, my best visuals from that project. And then you kind of dive deep into, so I give an overview of, so what this project was, like what um, my role was. I think that is something really important and it's probably going to come up in every interview that you're going to give or be part of in the future. Like they're definitely good, especially for like team projects, like and hackathons are, there's a good chance it's going to be a team project, even if it's like two people. So it's really important to know like what your role was and uh, like, what um what you did and what the impact was so in my overview i talk about um what the final deliverables were and even if it's like a, I get so like this project is completely like independent like it was just me like i it says team and it just says my name so even then i think it's good to kind of have this overview telling like hey this is the stuff i because i think it sets the stage up it 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 kind of gives this um idea of like hey this is what i'm going to be reading now So I talk about that and then I kind of give a context. I think it's good to give a timeline of what you worked on because like at the end of the day, people are like recruiters or like designers, PMs looking at your portfolio. They know what goes into projects. So they do understand what time constraints are. So like if you worked on a cool project, but you think it could have been better, set the stage by saying like, hey, I worked on this in over like overnight, like 24 hours, you know, that's a big thing. Like if you got, got something out there fully functional working in 24 hours, like that's commendable. Yeah. So I think show, like t- talking about like what the timeline was, is also like crucial. Like this project was just me end to end starting from like research to mockups to like interactions. And I did that over seven days. So I thought that was something I was proud of. And so I said that like, Hey, I did this winter seven days. It was a design challenge that I did as part of like a student RSO on campus. So I like to start out with that overview, kind of talking about what the problem statement was or what the challenge was. In this case, it's kind of unique to this specific piece. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then kind of diving into giving what an, what the overview of that process was. So I start off with uh, that, um, talking about what the target user was, what my research was. Um, and so this this is something I really notice in a lot of portfolios and people I talk to, like, They talk about all the research that they did, but sometimes they fail to explain, in the first place, why they did that research. So really talking about like what, um, like what is that I want to get out of this research, and like where, uh, why I did this. So again, setting that stage up, I think really helps. And then I show like, hey, this this was my questionnaire. This so I actually did like an online questionnaire, kind of like a test model to see like if I was getting like good insights. And once I had that. I realized like I actually had like really cool things that I learned, so I printed that out and like did a paper version of it too, and just kind of um, floated that around in like different classes I was a part of. So I just took took pictures of that with permission, like don't just take photos of people filling out your stuff like that's also ethical practice. So kind of showing what I did, I analyzed the research. So there's the classic shot of me with like post-it notes on the wall. You wanna see that, but don't overdo it, I guess show it if you think it's like crucial part of your journey. In my case, I feel like there was a lot of insights I was working with because I almost had a few hundred people respond to my survey. So there was a lot like there was a lot of responses I was dealing with. So I thought it was kind of it was definitely like essential for me to like do this whiteboarding thing where I put lay all those out and understand like, okay what's going on? So I had to like document that process. I kind of also laid it out in just text here, kind of what my insights were, visualizing my insights. So not all of them, but some of the insights that I thought were like important. So I kind of went over that to show like, hey, because essentially when you're going to be doing your visuals, during your interviews, they're definitely going to be asking you like, why, is, why did you do this? Or why did you do that? So I think b- having like solidified like data, especially in like this visual format, like really helps you talk about like, hey, this is how this maps back to my initial vision of doing this. So um, that was definitely like helpful for me again, going into ideation, showing what my initial mockups were. Um, finally showing what the current status is of the UW website. I was showing like there's basically no hierarchy there. There's like, you can't really tell what, What's going on for like different kinds of events, so it's it's a good idea if you're trying to, especially for like something if you're like redesigning a current experience or like making it better. It's good to show like, hey, this was what it this is what it is, and this is kind of what I'm what I am proposing or like, this is what I uh, would do about it. Then going into my visuals, showing um, really uh, what what my what my feed looked like. So this is one thing I do a lot, like. Before I really get into the flow, like the entirety of the flow, I'll show kind of really maxed out, like zoomed in visuals. Because if if there's something like I want to flex, like if I think it looks good, I'll definitely like kind of have that like really big to show like, hey, this is my core screen. You know, like don't be afraid to do that. Like I do that and then I show what the flow is. So I'll have like a GIF there to show how people interact with the feed. This is something I made on principle, which is again, it's something I learned at an academy and i would never used before. And now it's like my go-to prototyping tool. Uh, so having those interactions also really helps Pro- like prototypes, interactions, micro interactions, GIFs, they solidify your um, approach like and especially for projects that didn't really like if it's like a purely design project like this is this is not something that was actually built i think making a mock uh, making a prototype for that really helps uh, people interact with it and know like you know like what what is that what's that's going on um so i think that's really helpful finally again setting up like a design system showing what the typeface was um what are some of the colors I use for like primary actions, and secondary actions. Um, again, showing uh, like an experience that I was proud of. So like these were two of the screens that I really spent some time on, so kind of showing what it's like and then again diving into like how people interact with it. So these are some of the micro interactions that I worked on. This is again just a gif that I made on a uh, principle. Um, and then finally wrapping it up with like looking back at what my project was. So, because this was something again that wasn't really built ever because it wasn't supposed to because it was like a challenge um i'd talk about like what uh what i learned from this experience what i would change or what i would do differently if i were to like do it again or if i were to do it for a longer period of time and uh what it was like to you know like what were some of my takeaways i guess from working on this experience so that this is kind of like the general format that i would follow for my um for my case studies if it's if it's like a thing that rolls out i would add like impact um or numbers to the to the looking back section talking about like what um what this project what really did when it was out in the real world but that's kind of my approach about um going about like case studies yeah
0: that's a really nice approach like it's very like it's holistic it covers every area that's important and like yeah it's a really well thought approach this episode of Whiteboard.fm is brought to you by UI Sources. The problem with finding inspiration online is that there's too many hypothetical, daily UI screenshots and not enough real apps. Well, not anymore. UI Sources is one of the biggest repositories of screenshots and interaction videos, with thousands of examples of best practices in onboarding, gamification, payments, or whatever else you might be designing. You can also browse by industries like finance, entertainment, education and so on. Stop reinventing the wheel, save product development time, find inspiration and compare against the industry standard. Visit uisources.com and apply the coupon code WHITEBOARDFM for 10% off your subscription. That's uisources.com and just apply the code WHITEBOARDFM during checkout to get a 10% off your order. Now back to the show. So Devan, can you tell us more about your experience at Facebook? Like how did you apply for it and what was the process?
1: Sure, yeah, so um, I was, so I, when I was part of um, the design challenge that I did uh, that I just showed you, um, I was part of this um, on campus like club or RSO that was called Pixel Husky. And um, I worked with a lot of like, a lot of upperclassmen that were, some of them that interned at Facebook in the past, Um, some of them that are now full-time at Facebook so I was I was uh, I was kind of working with people that had worked there and I would hear a lot about like like culture at Facebook which is predominantly the reason I was really interested in working at Facebook so um, I guess so when I say culture it really means kind of like the vibe I felt when I was there I know this is something I learned only while I was there, but this was also something that I was co- I would constantly um, learn about when I would talk to, like, um, my friend Matthews now um, at Postmates, and he was back, back in the day, he was working at Marketplace and Facebook, like, my friend Justin, who's also at Facebook Seattle now, so um, one thing that I would, like, they would always say, was, like, Facebook is very, like, design-driven, um, like, Designers are kind of at the forefront of like product thinking, like product strategy at Facebook. Um, and I think that speaks a lot about their culture. Cause like traditionally I'd only worked with, you know, like designers that worked with they like places that worked at um, outside of like Facebook and Academy, I guess, where the traditional design process was, Hey, like, this is something we want to build, go make those mock-ups. And at Facebook, it was like, Hey, the designers kind of choose what to work on and like what, okay what are we building here like what is that we want to build so designers are really part of at the forefront of like that product strategy process like the product process i guess so this is something like my as i said like matthew and justin would always talk about um so uh, and it's again it speaks about the culture there like everyone's super like I remember the first day the first time I walked into office like I really felt like the energy like the excitement enthusiasm I saw and everyone like genuinely believes in this like company mission um and and so that kind of presents like this opportunity to like develop your skills and pursue your passion and when I say like the company vision it's people at Facebook really care about your personal growth too like it's not just about like sure they're all working on this like Facebook vision I guess but at the same time your PMs, your your manager, your product design managers really also care about like how you are growing as a product designer. Like I remember during my um, midpoint reviews or like final reviews during the internship like my manager would always talk about uh, how she had this network of people that she'd worked with in the past and she wants me to like ex- not like explore you know like I'm a young designer right now like I'm just starting out and she's like hey if if you get the chance to like talk to this, these people maybe in the future you should work for this company or for that company like she'd work that medium intercom like different places and so that is very telling of what the culture is like like they just don't care about this the project that you're working on but they also really care about like hey like has this internship like have you learned stuff that you wanted to learn like how does it contribute to like your design journey so it in that regard I think um all of these things combined like really um inspired me motivated me to like work there um as for applying I so shout out to Matthew Farmer I just mentioned he was part of Pixel Husky uh, now he works at Postmates but he, um when I, when I would talk to him about this, I, I applied through like an employee referral. Um, he referred me to, while he was working there, he referred me to, to work there too. So uh, so I guess I, this is also something like a lot of people talk about, like referrals in general. Um, one of the misconceptions that I'd like to clear is having a referral doesn't guarantee you that you'll get a job. Sure the the one thing that a referral really does is to a certain extent and make sure that your application is at least viewed i guess i know people like you like there's chances that you can get referred and maybe you don't hear back there's chances you get referred you hear back and don't end up with the job and then there's chances that you get referred you hear back and obviously you land the job so um yeah like the it it definitely helps like building that network like it it kind of helps you get that your foot in the door yeah um but don't like don't treat it as like gospel like don't feel like you know like hey if i have a referral i have a job like so see like if you apply on like facebook's careers page and you hear back and someone gets a referral and hears back too now you're at the same start line like once you once you hear back from recruiter it's on you like you're that that's all the referral does it'll it'll get you to the start line but it is up to you for you to cross that or like kick it off so um th- that's just that's just how i applied and um so yeah referrals sure it, it goes a long way to get your foot in the door like it's a it's a hard industry to break into so building that network and like reaching out to people is certainly something you should be doing as a as a designer or even just in general like if, if outside of the design world just in like the work world i guess so um that is how i ended up applying um matthew referred me to facebook and then i a couple of months in i heard back from a recruiter um so it starts off with like you filling out like a questionnaire and then they kind of brief you on like hey this is what the interview process is like um so that's how i ended up um with my internship at facebook yeah
0: That's nice. And yeah, that is true about referrals. Like it's, it just gets you noticed maybe more, but afterwards it's all on you. So can you tell us more? Yeah, like, I feel like, like,
1: so for even for referrals, like it really, the the way it helps is like, if you're asking someone for a referral, there's a good chance you probably work with them. So they kind of know what your work ethic's like, what your skills are like, or like what you like I'd worked with Matthew at Pixel Husky. So he really knew what my work ethic was. So, you know, like if he respects that, he would he went like he would send in a referral for me. So it's also important, I guess, ask the right people for it. Like I would not ask a random person for a referral. That would be like sure they might refer you, but if they don't know like what your work ethic's like, I think that's just that just kind of weird to me, but, um, but yeah, it, again, like going back to that, it, it gets you to the start line and then it's basically up to you if you, if you, uh, if you get through the interviews or not. So, and that is true for every company. Like um, that's true. Like that universally. Yeah.
0: Can you tell us more about your exp- uh, your projects at Facebook? Like what, is, what was, what were you working on? And you also mentioned about the hackathon that you took part in, in at Facebook sure yeah
1: um so when i was at facebook i was i I worked on um two projects it was um it was a 12-week um internship and uh i was part of like as i said um the messenger team uh in in that vertical i was part of the messenger business team so my first project was about um i guess i can briefly talk about it um so so messenger business is basic messenger business basically entails P to B messaging. So, uh, so if I have a conversation with another person on messenger, that would be P to P. So that's people to people, and then there's this other domain of messaging that's P to B, which is people, to businesses. So um, that was, that was like the specific team that I was part of for my first project. And uh, what I worked on was a welcome experience for people trying to initiate a conversation with a business for the first time. Um, we saw when I was at Facebook, we saw a lot of, uh, a lot of traffic coming in big, like huge influx of people trying to message like businesses. However, there were times when, um, like people come in with, Hey, this is what I want to know. They just didn't know how to ask that, you know, like they just don't know how to say it or like what to ask. They kind of know what they want, but they did not know what to ask or like how to ask that for so um, my project essentially entailed working on a welcome experience that kind of makes it easier for people to reach out to businesses Um, when i say easier it means make kind of reducing friction in that process and for people to have like a more i guess straightforward path of like talking to businesses so say like think of like fedex right so fedex is a business i'm I'm trying to message fedex and um I, we, I looked at like, hey, this is just an example. Like, So what could be some of the most common questions for FedEx? So it's like a shipping service. We looked at what their Facebook page was like, what were some of the things they were receiving, stuff like that. So we kind of curated, hey, these are the most common questions that could be asked. And kind of, my, I was responsible for working on this thing called icebreakers. Um, you know how they say it's like icebreaking a conversation, um, similarly for like a messaging platform. So I worked on that thing where it would just have kind of like these pills on um, your, your, your chat screen. Um, and for FedEx, you, before even you type in a message, it would show you these are some of the most commonly asked questions. And hey, if you just tap on that, it'll ask that for you. Um, so that was, I guess, that was the first one, the first project that I worked on. My second project was very different from my first project like this as, as, as I was talking about it like there's not a lot to explain from a visual standpoint so it was really heavy on like product thinking but my second project was um, so facebook.design is Facebook's expression to like the design community where they host like resources videos writings created by like designers at Facebook and it's kind of like a way to give back to like the design community. So uh, my second project was part of that initiative. Um, as part of that, I worked on like, Messenger's platform design kit, which essentially like, presents like a set of um, design principles or t- uh, design templates to help people create experiences that are at home in Messenger. Um, and it, that includes like templates for chatbots, chat extensions, Messenger conversations for reference. So it was, it was like a very systems level thing. And this was purely visual so in that regard this project was very different from uh my first project like i was essentially working on a design system within an existing design system so it was like a lot of like vector like pure like pixel pushing for hours um and when you're working on a design system within a design system that's like really meta so it's it can get it can get crazy but i think it was it was it was fun it hasn't rolled out yet it would um there's a lot of other resources on facebook.design like mock-ups um other templates that facebook provides for like designers and like developers around the world but the kit that i worked on it seems like it's gonna roll out soon but yeah those those are the two those are the two projects that i worked on over the span of 12 weeks yeah
0: yeah that's really intense stuff man <laughs> so can you tell us more about the hackathon as well that you were sure
1: yeah um i was i was not like i was not part of the hackathon but while i was still at facebook i saw a lot of um designers on my team go for like internal hackathons um so i can talk a little bit about like how those are like or what how like what goes down what goes down there um, so facebook has um i think i might be wrong like don't quote me on this but i think we have weekly hackathons at least when i was there or, or like bi-weekly they would have hackathons internally where you could you could like team up with people that you want to work with on an idea that you kind of want to pursue. So it's it's part of like driving initiative essentially. Like if so, th- this also again I guess talks about like the culture at Facebook. Like nobody's going to stop you from what you want to work on. Like as an intern, sure you have like a project brief and this is some of the stuff that you're working on. But say if there's like, you know, you see all these people working around you and you're like, hey, like this looks something very cool. Like this is something that I want to work on. Nobody's going to stop you from that. And uh, you could like even if even if you're doing it outside of the hackathon, you could totally do that. But again, the hackathon puts a good constraint and uh, the internal hackathon, you could just kind of team up with devs and engineers and be like, hey, this is an idea I want to work on and go in for that. And fun fact, like so a lot of the cool features on Facebook were actually born at the hackathon itself. Like the like button that like the thumbs up that people associate with Facebook all the time, the like was also something that was built at a hackathon internally. So they, I think like I, like I talked about my experiences at hackathon outside of Facebook. I think even within the company, that's a great way to, you know, pursue an idea, idea that you want to work on or, like there's a bunch of internal tools at Facebook. Like there's a there's a bunch of things that people are constantly trying to improve. If there's something that you, li- you like to work in and you're like, hey, this could be better, build it at the hackathon. Like, you know, talk to, just talk to people, be like, hey, do you wanna, do you wanna build this at the hackathon? And uh, at the end, it gets noticed. And if it's something that's higher up on the priority for the company, you, know, you don't like, you don't know, it might get like shipped out. So I think it follows the same, same approach as hackathons that outside of Facebook too, like you, you get the chance to work on an idea that you've been wanting to pursue. If you, if you find something cool to work on, just go build it. Um, and you could, what I'm trying to get at is like, essentially at Facebook, if there's something you want to work on, you don't have to convince like layers of management. Like if, if you believe in an idea, you could totally do that. Um, chances are there's people that are passionate about the same things you can team up and they will help you they'll help you make it happen so that's that's how hackathons work at facebook you'll you'll be working on your project and on the side you'll be working on a hackathon so it sure it's a lot of work but um it's fun it's, it's a good constraint uh strain to work
0: with yeah nice Devansh, if I had to ask you, what were your two, top three learnings from your entire experience so far at Facebook, at Unacademy, through your hackathons? If you had top three learnings, what would they be?
1: Yeah, sure. That's a, that's a great question. Uh, so I think my biggest learning has been, at least over the last few years, to not, I guess, don't be afraid to talk to people that you admire. Um, this is true for like in a workspace like if if you work and it's really easy to like get super intimidated by especially if you're working at like a big tech company you'll see all these designers and you look them up on like the internal tool and you're like oh like this guy so like when i was at facebook this one guy i was like really fond of like his work and his work ethic and i looked him up and it's like he worked on like the first version of google inbox a few years ago I'm like, damn, like that's, that's someone like really high up. And I don't know if I want to, like, I want to talk to them, but are they going to talk to me? They will. So I think my biggest takeaway has been like over the years, do not like, just don't be afraid to contact people that you admire. This is true for like, in a work setting, but also outside of that, like I am, I've been reach like, I always reach out to people on like, like, you know, like design Twitter or like Instagram. There's a lot of people that are doing, cool stuff and like share their process so i think th- reaching out to people shouldn't like be it should be something that you should do like um don't be afraid of doing that like and i think going off of that like if you're like if you admire someone's work like be sure to also bring something to the table like don't just like don't just be like hey i like your work you're cool and that's it like if if you think there's someone that you could learn from like kind of have kind of have your questions ready i guess that's that's one way to say it like if if pe- if you want to talk to people like make sure to make the best of your time and like be respectful of their time too so my my biggest thing is to reach out to people again going back to like the shooting your shot thing like that's how i landed my first internship right like who would have thought like garav would respond to me on like twitter that too like on a public tweet not even like a dm so essentially people you like if you like their work if you admire them I I know I said like be prepared with like questions and stuff that's not true like if that's not true if it's someone you just admire like if you like their work let them know like people have like pseudo mentors, you know like people that you've never met but their work like really inspires you I think that's my that's my one thing Uh, and I guess this is more specific to like internships and like work but Um, one takeaway I had from Facebook and also from my academy is to sort of have a game plan, like not super explicit, I guess. Like it doesn't have to be very like, Hey, today I'm going to do this tomorrow. I'm going to do that. But in general, like, like I had a document of goals that I had for the summer. So I don't think, like I talked about my two project projects at Facebook, um, one of them was purely like visual, like highly visual in nature. And then the other one was like super like intricate, like product level thinking, like design system level thinking. Um, and that is something I wanted to do. Like I wanted to have that contrast. I wanted to get a taste of like what it is to work on like different kind of mediums. So, um, and I don't think it would have aligned so well with my interests had I not informed my manager about that at the start of my internship so I guess having like a game plan um and I know game plan is kind of like this strong award, of a
0: strategy a strategy but kind yeah of,
1: like you know, yeah what
0: you want and what do you want to work on
1: yeah like yeah. or not even like that but I guess more so like here are some skills that I want to learn like if you want to get at prototyping say that like you know if you want to get at visual design skills say that like I still I still want to really work on honing my personal craft like my own craft for visual skills so that is something I constantly tell people when I when I take on a project I'm like hey this is something I'm trying to get out of that so it's always good to kind of have that at the back of your head and initially like try to communicate that with people that you're working with working with so i think had i not informed my manager about that it wouldn't have aligned so well so i guess my second would be to just just know like hey these are some things i want to learn and get out of that experience but then when i say that at the same time it's also okay to not be doing that like not knowing what you're doing is perfectly fine like still trying to live day by day that's okay too like you you can figure out as you go, like you know, like there's a lot of things that you're gonna learn only when you're there in the moment. So it's, but it, it's, I think it's good to just have like, hey, like this, these are some things I want to learn on. This is my kind of goal um, for the next few months. Like you don't have to be like, oh, I, this is a specific date like March 22nd. I need to get be a master at prototyping. Like not like that, but like yo, like this summer I want to really get better at 3D modeling. Could be anything. So I think my second thing has to be setting goals for yourself could be outside of work at work um and then finally this i guess i just touched upon that like when i talked about like the hackathon thing to be to like really drive initiative like people like people are always admiring other people that really want to take work on so like don't be afraid of like starting starting something that you're like really proud of and like like really be respecting of like other disciplines too like so what when i say other disciplines this is something like um i learned only when i got to college um there's a lot of different fields in design and i did not realize that until i got to design school you know like i interacted with photographers people that would dabble in like industrial design ar vr and like whatnot and those are like completely different domains for me and like that is something completely new like you can like, I, like, I'm like i a product designer. Like, I am I focus mostly on, like, UX and, like, stuff like that. Sure, like, that's cool for me. Like, that's something I'd like to do. But at the same time, like, really, when I immerse myself into this, like, about, like, all these different fields of design that I'd never worked with or, like, people that I'd never worked with. Like, you can read as many UX articles as you want. But at the end of the day, they're probably going to be saying kind of, like, the same thing. But being, being able to interact with people that work with other dis- disciplines and kind of being respecting of the work they do kind of gives you this like whole new dimension or like lens to look at like look through design so when I say that I'm I'm just trying to get out like you know like pick up a camera like go out do photography if you want to do that like go to a wood shop try to do like laser cutting like 3d printing stuff I feel like and you don't have to do it from the perspective of like hey this is something I want to like you know like this is this is not this is the design I do now like you can still be like a product designers but product designer but at the same time kind of trying to really immerse yourself in other disciplines gives you like this whole new dimension of things and be respectful of I guess like a more holistic idea of like what other designers do too because when you're going to be out in the real world working there's people from all around from different backgrounds from cultures and stuff like that so I guess my third thing is really to do like break out of your comfort zone and like try to do stuff uh, that like fascinates you. Like I, this past quarter, I was taking like a physical computing class and I'd never worked with like stuff like Raspberry Pi or like Arduino and stuff like that. And that's a whole another thing. Like it, it think about the creative process or like design is like, you're going to be seeing the same principles being used in different mediums. And it's super interesting to see how they kind of translate from like the field of like digital UX stuff to like something that's more like physical, like industrial design. So uh, I think my that that would be my final one. Like really try to get out there, try as much stuff as you can, and that will make you that will give you like a holistic review of like um, what it what other
0: what other designers do. So that would that that would be my third one. Yeah. Nice. So Devansh, what are some of the things that you're learning right now? Uh,
1: some of the things that I'm learning right now, well, like I said, I worked, um, I took like the physical computing class that I thought was really interesting. So I got to work with like Arduino, or Raspberry Pi, stuff like that, writing some code actually for that, um, which was cool. So that is something um, that I found like really interesting. And I think that is something I would want to continue to learn like over the summer um, too. Um, I am, for this summer, two months from now, I'm going back to Facebook as a product design intern on the Messenger team again. So I am still, I think that thing still stands true for uh, like visual design, I guess. Like that is something I still want to really get better at because, you know, like I worked at an academy and at Facebook, but both the places essentially had like a very kind of solidified design system in place. So what you're building like at Facebook, where you're building has to look like Facebook. Like, if that makes sense. So, sure, like you have that freedom, but like
0: you still have a constraint some level as well.
1: Yeah, yeah. So, um, so like I think my, I guess that's something I'm still like really um, interested in. Like, I guess in learning how to get better at like visual design. Like, getting, getting. Like, I'm a. I don't like saying this term, but I'm a pixel nerd. So I like to, I like to, I definitely like to like get better at um, using those same principles and getting better at like visual design. Um, Other than that, because like, especially like when you have a design system to work with, I think things are pretty scoped out already. So it's hard to kind of break that norm and, you know, like push forward for like your own thing, especially as a young designer, I guess. Um, So that would be that would be that would be something I'm excited about um and in general i guess i I'd, I'd like to work my way up, learn the ropes of what it is to be like a design leader and like you know work with product designers at like different levels, stuff like that so I'm, I'm excited to do that over the summer again yeah
0: good stuff. what are some of the things that you're excited about in the design industry right now that's going on? yeah future? uh
1: this So this, this is, I don't know if one thing I'm really excited or I should not use the word excited, but one thing that I'm really looking forward to see, especially like coming summer is how all these companies kind of tackle the pandemic that's going on right now. I see, especially as a young designer, I'm seeing like a lot of um, people that have like internships that are getting canceled or people losing jobs. And uh, I know it's, these are like hard times and there's only so much you can do about it but i feel like pandemics or like outbreaks like these are these are gonna happen like these happen and i i'm excited like okay i keep saying that but i should not use the word excited i really want to see how um especially like big tech and like just companies that are out there especially ones that have like Internships for students and things like that. Like, I want to see what approach they take to kind of tackle this thing because I see a lot of people losing their jobs, internships, like right before the summer. Like, it's so hard to to to, well, for in the first place, it's hard to get a job, and then second, dealing with like a almost like a market crash, um, kind of really doesn't help you with that. So, I'm I'm definitely I definitely want to see how uh, the industry kind of works its way around it and somehow still survives uh, during this like, so I guess from that standpoint, that would be my thing. Other than that personal growth, um, like I said, I'm excited to uh, dabble more into like prototyping, like really high fidelity prototyping, Um, holding my own personal craft for visual design, really working my way up and learning what it's like to be a design leader manage a team in the longer run like a few years from now that's the that's kind of stuff you feel
0: doing in the next five years
1: yeah like i i i guess like i don't want to put a specific number to it i yeah, guess but the in future. the next few years yeah. yeah in the in the future i would really want to work my way up see what it's like to be like a design leader and manage like a team of product designers just like myself right now um and add some value kind of wherever i can and really just being the the best version of myself,
0: yeah Nice So what advice do you wish you had received when you were starting off in design?
1: Yeah, for sure So I, I guess I'll go back to like what I said about like things I learned and stuff like that, so I think one thing that would have been certainly helpful back in the day was again reaching out to people, like I know I said that before, but I was initially like very reluctant reaching out to people and be like, Hey, what would they think of like, you know, what my work is. And they're so high up in this industry and I'm just like starting out. So I wish I'd known it's really easy to reach out to people um, and just, just, just be nice. Like, don't um, think of it both ways. You know, like it's a two way street. So like bring something to the table and uh, be sure to like, if you like their work, let them know you like their work. If there's something that you want to ask, like really, really know what you're trying to ask. Like I, um, I believe I've had this before too. Um, Especially when I after I worked at Facebook, like I had people reach out to me on like Twitter and stuff, and they would be like, "Yo, you worked at Facebook, and I do want to talk about this and what the process is like." But and they were a lot of people were like really. I'm not saying like everyone, but like there were a few people that were kind of like really vague about what they wanted to ask. Like I wasn't sure where the conversation was going. So I guess to be able to really know what you're trying to ask, like how you want to ask that. So, cause you know, like it's, we're talking business here in a way. Um, you want to be respect, respectful of their time and your own time. So you want to kind of utilize that to the best that you can. So reaching out to people, but also knowing, hey, this is what I want to ask them and here's how I'm going to do it. So be straightforward with that. Um, And then again, like the second thing, it has to do with just trying to dabble more in other disciplines, not just be kind of narrowed down and like dug up in this one thing that you're passionate about. Like sure, that's your, that's your main thing. So you should certainly be nerdy about it, like geeky about it, I guess. But at the same time being like, hey, this is cool. Why not try it? So if, if I were to far to go back i would try a lot of other things like i was always super intimidated by writing code and that is something i never did until i got to hackathons and that's when i learned like it's like everything's like everything has a learning curve it's just it just really is about like how you approach it um and how you want to go about it so in just being i guess not like just really immersing yourself and learning about like because design industry any kind of industry only survives based on like other industries that are part of that same thing so um that that also helps you in a way and um, really kind of gets you going so I think if someone told me that, that like just dabble in more stuff I would do that yeah Man.
0: so that ends our interview with thanks for yeah
1: thanks part. for having me
0: great having you thanks so much thanks for listening to this episode and I hope you liked it To check out other episodes and clips from the interview, subscribe to the whiteboard.fm YouTube channel. Feel free to share your favorite parts of the interview and don't forget to tag us. This podcast is a part of the 10K Designers Network. You can check out other projects on 10kdesigners.com.